This teaching is brought to you by Kingswood International Church, British Columbia. We believe that as you listen, faith is set up in you to become all God has called you to be. Thank you and God bless you. Man should have been afraid. Man, man should have been afraid of the animals. Man should have been afraid of um, everything. But because fear was never in God's plans. It was never God's intention for man to be afraid of anything. In fact, if you read Genesis, the Bible says God put man and gave him dominion over all things. See, you can't have dominion and be afraid at the same time. <laughs> you can't have dominion and be afraid at the same time. So God could, could have not told man to have dominion if he wanted him to be afraid. Praise God. Praise God. And, and, and we spent time discussing that fear came as a result of the fall of man, right? Fear came as a result of the fall of man. Fear um, came because man fell, because man sinned. And if you understand that very well, what's the reverse? Now that we're in Christ Jesus, we should not be afraid. Now that we receive Jesus into our lives, there should be no fear. The Bible says, perfect love casted out, casted out all fear. It drives away fear. When we receive the love of the Father with Jesus personified, it drives away every form of fear. God wants us to live a fear-free life. Hallelujah. Fear-free, not reckless, but fear-free life. Fear-free life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And last week, we, we talked about the fear of man. The fear of man. And Bible says the fear of man is a snare. It's a trap. It keeps us in bondage. Fear itself is a prison. It limits you. It stops you from doing what God wants you to do. It stops you from pursuing your dreams and your goals, your aspirations. Fear is a limiter. Fear is a hindrance. Fear is, is, it cages you. Praise God. It stops you from making progress. And we spent time last week looking at fear. Uh, we, we, we studied the, um, the children of Israel. Amen. And one of the things we, we highlighted last week was that whatever you are facing or you feel you are afraid of, there are millions of people that are going through the same thing and they overcame. You have to choose what part of the statistics you want to belong. Do you want to belong to the statistics of those that saw the problems and the challenges and gave up, or they saw the problems and they went ahead and gave victory. But the rest assured, the things you are afraid of are not unique to you. The things you, the things you, the things you think are limiting you are not unique to you. The Bible says that there is no temptation that is common to man. There is no temptation that is common to man. So many that. We don't have an excuse because we are challenged. We don't have an excuse not to win. Praise God. So there are all kinds of fear that we, we, we have beautiful names for them. We call them phobias. We're afraid of heights, flights, water, almost everything. And today we're going to just study um, how to shut the door of fear. How to close the door. How to win the war, praise God. Of course, this is not everything to say about fear, right? Maybe in another season, we'll, we'll, we'll spend time to discuss it. But I just want us to just today learn a few things on how to close the door and, and walk in, um, in victory, praise God. Shorten the door of fear, praise God. Let's just take a short word of prayer as we go into God's word. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, as we um, go into your word to study, to learn your word, we ask that there will be light, revelation, knowledge. You will make things simple in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Let's open the Bible to our key text or key scripture. Praise God. Psalm 34 from verse 1 to 4. Psalm 34 from verse 1 to 4. <clears throat> it reads, um, I'm reading the New King James Version. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. 
I'll bless him at all times. All times. He says, I will bless the Lord. My soul shall make his boast in the Lord. Verse 2. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. All magnify the Lord with me and exalt his name together. Verse 4. Critical. I saw the Lord. He heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. All. I like the word all there. All means all. All forms of fear. The Bible says, the psalm said, I, 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 I saw the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Look, we can, we can do a lot of things in the natural. And trust me, many of those things are good. To help us with our fear, to help us with uh, anxiety, and all kinds of things. But the ultimate solution from fear comes from God. I'll say it again. The ultimate solution for fear or from fear comes from knowing God. He gives us the ultimate deliverance from fear. Praise God. He gives us the ultimate deliverance from fear. Everything else, should I say, are just um, superstructures. But the ultimate deliverance from fear comes from God. But Bible says here, it says he delivered me from all my fears, all. Like I said in the last two weeks, if fear was from God, why would he not give us from fear? So this just shows that, you know, no form of fear is from God. I remember um, when I was about getting married, you know, and uh, <clears throat> I met someone much older than myself, and uh, he was telling me, um, you know, your spouse should be afraid of you. And, all that. and I knew immediately that was not from God. I knew immediately that that was not from God because all forms of fear from the devil. Oh, we addressed that in the first Bible study, the first day of Bible study. All forms of fear are from the devil. Praise God. Let me read another scripture to you. Psalm 61 from verse 1 to 2. It says, Oh God, listen to my cry. Hear my prayers from the edge of the earth. I cry to you for help. But I like this part. It says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock, towering rock of safety. When your heart is overwhelmed, I, see, we're in times when people are overwhelmed. Are overwhelmed with things going on around them, loss of loved ones, loss of job, loss, everything. People are overwhelmed. It looks as if everywhere people turn to, there is a problem waiting. Every day they wake up, there's one form of challenge to deal with. And the Bible says, when you are overwhelmed, go to the rock. The Lord will lead you to a rock that, is, that, is, that, is, that has safety. The Lord is that rock. Jesus is that rock. Jesus is that rock. So when you are overwhelmed, don't, don't, don't go into the negative. Don't try to, to drink away your problems. Don't try to take drugs to um, suppress your problems. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Go to Christ. Hallelujah. Go to Christ. And your heart will be relieved. Amen. 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 So, so we've established this fact, right? That fear is not from God. It's of the devil. It puts us in bondage. It limits us, praise God, in all those things. The fear of man is terrible, and, and, and I dealt with that last week a lot, because when in time and season where people are so concerned about the opinion of somebody else, it hinders them. Also, it makes them do things they should never have done. Amen. It makes them do things that they should have never done in the first place. It makes them do such things. So today, like I said, um, so that we can set time, we're going to learn how to shut the door of fear, right? Fear comes in form of anxiety, worry, fear, um, mood swings, right? Temper. You know, when you see somebody angry and raging, there's fear behind it. Praise God. So we're going to learn how to shut the door of fear. But before we even do that, we're going to learn what are the doors that we open or that opens the door for fear to come in, right? Before we even know how to shut the door, we're going to, we have to find out those doors, right? How 
um, how fear comes in. And we're going to start with number one, nature. Nature, right? Nature. Now, as a result of the fall of man, the forces of man, um, man has a natural, man, man nat- naturally is afraid. Have you wondered how um, people, most of the phobia, people are afraid of heights. People are afraid of water. And they just can't explain it. They're afraid of this and that. They can't explain it. Why? A lot of times, the funny state of man is the result of that. Because man fell from from the, the life of God and the glory of God. All these phobias came up in man. So people are born with such phobias. Look, it's not every kind of fear that we technically learn or because we heard something, right, which we're going to go through. But primarily, the first thing when it comes to fear is that because of the funny state of man, man is naturally afraid. I've seen some people that are sometimes they are shy, right? You don't know why. They're just, some people are just not bold naturally. Some people are just timid naturally. It's because of this falling state of man. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. Let's read. I'm reading the NIV translation. It says that um, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God, and he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid. Because I was naked, so I hid. So who taught man to be afraid? Nobody. How come he became afraid? Why was he not afraid before then? God had been come to the garden several times to have fellowship with him. But because of sin, fear came in. So the first state of man, it's a door for fear to come in. It's a door. It's a door. And, and, and we need to learn this because now that we are in Christ, just once you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you can deal with this. You can tell that phobia, look, now I'm in Christ Jesus. I'm no more under the law. I'm no more a seed of Adam. I'm now a seed of Christ. I'm a seed of God. And so this fear, you have no more right to torment me. You can address it. You can address it. Once you, you, can, you, you know who, now that you are in Christ Jesus, and you can identify that fear. You identify that door. Maybe you were born with it. Maybe you've always known that right from when you were young, you were scared of a certain kind of, some kind of things. You take authority and you say, no, now that I am in Christ, now that I'm born again, now that I've come to receive Jesus, I have the life of God. I've been restored back to glory. And so I refuse to tolerate this fear. I refuse to tolerate this, this, this phobia. I refuse to be trapped by these thoughts. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The second door I want to address is information. Information, right? <laughs> this one is a big deal now. Information Fear comes through a lot of times what we hear, what we hear, what we can perceive, what we see, what we can perceive in natural. I'll give you a good example. Um, uh, this, 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 this is not, okay, how do I, I want to put something very, not too scary, right? Um, you are, okay, let me say, you are driving in the car and um, I want to do something about the plane, the plane, right? Okay, maybe you are, let me use the plane, right? Maybe you are um, flying down to a different city and you are just okay and everything was normal and suddenly there's an announcement that there is one engine was lost in the airplane. What has happened, right? You've, your, your mind has been sent some information and suddenly you're, you lose your peace, you lose your joy. From that point on, you're agitated. From that point on, 
you are afraid. From that point on, you are now anxious. But a few minutes ago, none of those things was happening to you. What changed? Information that you processed. Information that you processed. And that's why you have to be careful what you hear. What information are you feeding on? If you want, to, if you want this, are, this is a major door that fear comes into our lives. What information are you feeding on? What kind of things are you listening to? What is coming through your eye gates? What is coming through your ear gates? What are you reading? You know, this is a time where you have to be deliberate about what you take into your system. You know, just where we deliberate about the kind of food we eat. We should be deliberate about what we hear. We should be deliberate about what we feed our minds with. Because until that information comes, a lot of times you are at peace. Let me give a, give a good, another example, right? Uh, maybe you just went for a regular checkup. And after you're done with the checkup, just your regular routine with the doctor, right? And they go home and the doctor gives you a call and he says, um, I want to see you. Come and have that appointment. Do you know, from the point of when you leave your house, going back to the doctor's office, several things are running through your mind. Just that call. Just that call. And when you get to your doctor, what he says, I'm sorry, but X, Y, Z is wrong with you. Do you know, from that point, everything else changes. Except to shut the door. So we have to be careful with the information we hear. You have to guard. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it, are you know, the issues of life, the boundaries of your life. Guard your heart. Because what you take in is what you bring out. And the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you take in will eventually make up what you're going to bring out. So you must guard your heart. Don't allow the wrong information. Don't allow the wrong thoughts to come. Let's read the scripture. Uh, Matthew chapter 14. Like I said, it's Bible study. So we'll be reading a lot of scriptures, right? It's Bible study. It's Bible study. So Bible, what do we do with Bible study? We read our Bibles. All right? Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. It says Jesus walked on water. No, about just walking on water, right? And uh, the Bible says from verse 24. Um, Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land. For a strong wind had risen, they were on, on, had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on water. So there were heavy waves, and Jesus started walking on water from the other end, right from the shore. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, "It is a ghost." But Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid, he said, take courage, I am here. Then Peter called him, Lord, if it is really you, let me come to you walking on the water. Verse 29, yes, come, Jesus said, verse 30. So Peter went out over the side of the boat and walked in the water towards Jesus. Interesting. Jesus walking from one end. Peter was walking from one end. That is supernatural, man. <laughs> when he saw the strong wind, when Peter saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. And I said, save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus made me out his hand and grabbed him. You have a little faith. Jesus said, why did you doubt me? You know, it's it just like in life, you start a project. You feel your heart, God is talking to you to do something. And you started, right? You started. And in the middle of the project, a bad report comes. There's a challenge. If you don't protect your mind, if you allow that information, begin to change what you believe, you're going to allow fear to come in. Fear is going to cripple everything that you initially believed. The Bible says here that, look, Peter was walking on water just like Jesus until he began to, you see, everything around us is saying us an information. Your health is sending your mind and information. Your finances, your bank accounts is sending your mind and information. Everything around us is sending us some kind of information or the other. But you have to protect your heart. You have to close that door to the wrong information. 
If Peter had not considered or took the information that the waves were sending to him, he would have walked all the way to Jesus. Because, you see, I, I, I always say this, right? When the Lord told the children of Israel to go to the promised land, did the Lord not see, did he not know about the Red Sea? Did he not know about the Amalekites? Did he not know about the giants in Canaan land, in Jericho? Did he not know about all these places? Did he not know about that the children of Israel had to fight battles? But you see, the way God works, right? I don't go ahead of myself. You know, the Bible was in the beginning, the end, meaning that He has seen the end. And if God tells you to do something, He's not saying you're not going to have challenges along the way. But He has He has said, once He has, once he has said to you, no matter what you see along the way, be rest assured that you have the ability and the capacity by His grace to overcome. By His grace to overcome. All right, praise God. That's that's a summer for that day, right? The third door is past experiences of failures. Past experiences of failures. You know, this this is a big deal for everybody. When I mean everybody, no one is exempted. Because at, at every point in time, every one of us whether made mistakes and we had failed. And one thing or the other. We're humans, right? And if we are not careful, that experience of failure, every time we try something, the devil's going to maximize it and bring in fear. And bring in fear. Because you have failed at something a thousand and one times. You see, the more you, you, you struggle to do something or you fail at one thing a few times, the more you are, you are almost expecting more to fail than to succeed at it. And if you feel that way, fear has gained the ascendancy in your heart. Fear has gained the ascendancy. I, I, I was, there was a time I was like that. You know, and the Bible says, hope deferred, make it the heart sick. Hope deferred, make it the heart sick. So we must be careful when we are doing something and maybe we've tried a few times and we have failed. And we believe that God is telling us to do it. You must not consider your past failures. I love what Paul said. He said, I put my old things behind me. I press on. Forgetting the things that are behind me. You have to have that mindset. When you have, if you're going to deal with fear, I shut the door. That's a major door. You must learn to put your past failures behind you because it's a major tool for fear. You must learn to put your past failures behind you. You must learn to put, I believe somebody used to hear this, you must learn to put your past failures behind you. It's critical. If you're going to walk free from fear, you must shut that door. It's a very big door because every human has had to deal with one form of failure or the other. Maybe you tried having a child. Maybe you had two or three miscarriages. The first one, don't entertain fear that you're going to have a miscarriage again. No, don't entertain it. Don't entertain it. Maybe you tried an exam once or twice and you failed at it. Don't entertain it the third time. Praise God. Don't. Don't. Because you failed at something does not mean that you're going to fail at it next time. Praise God. Let me just um, share a story from, for this. Um, John chapter 5 from verse 1 to 8. If you remember the story about the pool of Bethesda, this was a man that, um, let me just read the story, right? So that we can get um, understanding. It said, after John chapter 5 from verse 1, after there was a feast of the Jews, I just went up to Jerusalem. Now there in Jerusalem by the sheep gates of a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bad cedar, having five washes. In this lay a great multitude of sick people. So there was a great, there was a place, right? Where sick people gather. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, whoever stepped into the pool first, after I stirred up the water by the angel, 
was healed of his diseases. Verse 5. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years, guys. <laughs> 38 years, this guy has suffered this problem. For 38 years. And when Jesus came, verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. When the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. He says, when I'm coming, whenever I'm trying, some translation says, every time I try, somebody else gets there before me. Somebody else gets there before me. Somebody else gets there before Every time I try, I don't make it. You know, I've heard a few people, you know, sometimes they talk about this man in a bit of a derogatory manner, saying, oh, Jesus was asking him, he was talking about his problems. Look, if you go through something for 38 years, <laughs> I'm sure very people can understand this man's pain. For 38 years, he was crippled. He couldn't walk. And that means that people that, even the blind that could walk would probably get ahead of him. Right? So, if you're not careful, if you even have faith for him at that point, thank God for Jesus' faith. So, we must be careful of past failures. Hallelujah. Past experiences. All right. So, with these three doors we mentioned, one, the nature of man. Two, information. We must protect ourselves as a door. We must make sure that that door, you know, that door of information, we must be careful with it. And number three, past experiences. So now let's go to shut the door. Let's now learn how to shut the door. So fear, praise God, I probably throw the keys away. Amen. Like I said, fear, it's, um, it's not just a thought. Now, uh, maybe the next time we, we study this series of fear, we'll probably go into some other forms of details about fear. But fear is beyond just thoughts. It can start with the thoughts. But after a while, it is enforced by a spirit. It's enforced by a spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's enforced by a spirit. That's why the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear. It hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Don't forget the word spirit of fear. So fear goes beyond just thoughts. Fear goes beyond just emotion. And that's why a lot of times we try to solve this problem on the emotional level and we get some quick fixes, but we don't settle the problem itself. We don't settle the problem itself because we are dealing with it on the surface. We are cutting the branches back into the roots. Amen. So the first thing to shut the door, after you've identified those three doors, right? The first thing is you have to um, identify fear itself. You need to know what fear is. You know, I found out that many people don't know what, we, what, what fear is. Many people don't know what fear is. And let's just, let's, let's, let's look at the Bible, right? And let the Bible just define to us how fear, what fear is. <clears throat> um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Fret or have anxiety about anything. Do not fret or have anxiety. How many people in the world have anxiety problems? So once you, 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 you are anxious that you've identified fear, don't accept it. Being anxious is a form of fear. Being fretful is a form of fear. Don't say it's, that's my nature. No. It's foreign to you as a child of God. Hallelujah. It's foreign to you as a child of God. Being fretful. Being anxious. That's, once you begin to perceive that, you must stop it. See, you must learn to first identify what fear is. Let's look at another scripture. Second Timothy chapter 1, 
Verse 7. says, for God did not give us the spirit of fear. But let me read the Amplified Version. says, but God has not given us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of falling fear. Praise God. So when you, when you, when you perceive timidity, once you sense what cowardice, anxiety, terror, mood swings, grief, unhappiness, all those things have their root cause in fear. You must identify it quickly. You know, don't stay in that negative mood for too long. Don't stay in that mood. I, I, yeah, maybe things didn't go as you wanted. Don't even entertain it. Don't lock that door and close all the curtains in the dark and begin to cry. No. What you're doing, you are embracing fear. You are embracing fear. Oh my goodness. I, I, I wish you could understand it. You know, it comes... Fear is so deceptive. It's so deceptive. Anxiety, worry. A lot of people feel that if they're not worried about something, then they're not responsible. No, being responsible and being worried are two different things. <laughs> Praise God. Maybe one of these days we're going to study about casting your cares on God, right? We're going to study about that. But being responsible and being and worrying are two different things. Being responsible, you are taking actions, believing for a good outcome. Worrying is that even though you are taking actions, what you expect at the end is a negative outcome. You are not, you are anticipating evil. You are anticipating evil. So shut the door, worry. Many of us fall to this trap. We worry a lot. We worry about what we can change. We worry about what we can change. I, I don't understand. If you can change it, change it. If you can't change it, to cast it, cast your cares on God. But at no point must you worry. Jesus said, take no thought for your life. Mark chapter 6. Take no thought for your life. Does the should be careless? No, 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 no. But do not take thoughts. Don't, don't entertain worry. Worry is fear in disguise. Praise God. Since God has not the spirit of fear. So notice, once you are not operating in power, in love, in calmness, in the well-balanced, disciplined, self-control. See, when people are afraid, they lose self-control. They do worse things. I'm saying so you can identify it. You have to first identify it. You must, once you see it, you must go, look, I'm doing things I shouldn't be doing. What's, what's, what's going on? I'm acting in a funny way. Why am I acting this way? What's pressurizing my, my, my emotions to act this way? Praise God. Hallelujah. Wow. Number two. Number two, resist it. See, if you're going to shut the door, you first have to identify it. Now you have to resist it. You see, in, in, the, in life, you are either fighting or you're losing. And the natural, and also in the spiritual, you cannot be on the fence. It's either you are resisting something or the, that thing is going to overcome you. You can't, there's no, there's no neutral. In, in the battle of the mind and the battle of the spirit. There is no neutral realm. There's no sitting on the fence. So if you're going to shut the door of fear, my friends, you have to resist it. You have to be forceful. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, guard your heart with all diligence. Guard it. I talked about it before. We talked about the doors. Guard it. Guard your heart. That's the way to resist fear. One of the ways is you have to guard your heart. God, what you watch. Hey, if you have to go off some social media platforms for a period of time, do it. I do that from time to time. I just on your store, on your store <laughs> for a few days or a few weeks. 
just click the on the stop button. Because if you don't protect your heart, if you don't resist by protecting your heart, it's going to come and take over. Praise God. James chapter 4, verse 7. It says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. There's always action to be taken. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Rebuke fear, resist it. It's a spirit, right? We addressed, we talked about that before. And if it's a spirit, you can rebuke it. Some forms of sickness are, are caused by spirits. If you read the Bible, the Bible says Jesus rebuked the spirit. He rebuked the fever. He spoke to the spirit of dumbness. He spoke to blindness. But the spirit were enforcing that sickness. The same way a spirit can enforce fear. But I've seen fearful people do, do weird things. Very weird things. And if you don't resist it by addressing it and saying, you spirit of fear, I come against you. Maybe you want to fly. You have to go to a different city for a job or a business and you're afraid of flying, right? You speak, I say, you spirit of fear. I rebuke in the name of Jesus. You spirit of fear of flying, I address you now. I'm a child of God. I'm in Christ Jesus. And God has not given the spirit of fear, but power over the sunlight. So I resist you, spirit of fear. You have to talk back. You have to rebuke it. You have to speak against it. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. Still on this same resisting fear. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians 10, from verse 4 to 5. I like to read the amplified version for better understanding. It says, for the, for the weapons of our warfare are not physical. Weapons of flesh and blood. But they are mighty through God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. And what are these strongholds? In as much as we refute arguments, theories, reasonings, and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. So everything that raises itself above God's knowledge. I think that's why you have to know God's word. That's why you have to come to Bible study, right? <laughs> we have to know God. Because if you don't know God's word, then you cannot resist. You cannot fight. And the worst thing is that these things will build strongholds in our lives. This spirit of fear builds strongholds in our lives that begin to limit us from moving God's plans for our lives. It says that we overthrow them. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God towards the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. These strongholds are what? Arguments, theories, reasonings that are against God's word. Look, I, I don't care. Um, thank God for the, the, the knowledge you have, natural knowledge of science, of economics, of whatever. But if that knowledge begins to rise above God's word, begins to negate God's word, then you must, you must overthrow that knowledge in your life. You must overthrow that knowledge. You must stand with God's word against that knowledge. That's the way we fight. That's the way we resist. Maybe they say you have an incurable disease. Science has said you can't have a child. Science has said um, you might not be able to, to do this anymore. You might not be able to work anymore. That is science. Thank God for science. But at that point in your life, what does the word of God say? Does God still do miracles? The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The same Jesus read in the Bible that did miracles, right? He still doing miracles today, right? So that knowledge of you cannot work anymore, you cannot succeed anymore, you now have to put it aside. You must overthrow that knowledge with your knowledge of God that still does miracles. I hope I'm making sense to you. That's the way it works. Or else that knowledge will build a stronghold in your life. Not all natural knowledge Knowledge is bad, but once that knowledge begins to rise above the miracle you need, the knowledge of the, 
of God for the miracle you need, then you must fight it. You must fight it. Praise God. We must bring everything to the knowledge, to, to, to the obedience. We must bring our thoughts, our minds to submit to the knowledge of Christ. To the things we know about God. What do we know about God? God is love. What do we know about God? God does the impossible. With God, all things are possible. What do we know about God? That he makes the clear path straight. The same God that brings out water from the rock. The same God that opens the blind eyes. The same God that makes the lame to walk. We know this God. We serve this God. We have this God as our Father. Now you have to take that word and overthrow the natural word that is speaking against the circumstance. All right, number three. Number three. Um, replace it by meditating and confirming. This is like a follow-up on the second one. Right? Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Let's read. Philippians 4, verse 8. I'm reading um, the King James Version still. It says, finally, brethren, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are true, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. You see, when it comes to fear, you can't just resist it. You have to replace it with something else. See, in the realm of the spirit and our minds, there is no vacuum. There is no vacuum at all. There is no blankness. No. Some will say, oh, my mind, my mind is blank. No. No, you are thinking of blankness. Your mind is not really blank. You have conditioned your mind to think, of, to think about blank things, right? Or blankness, in quotes. But there is no vacuum there's no space every time something is being occupied is either you are filling up with light or darkness it has to be one of the two and so if you're going to rebuke the thoughts of fear you have to replace those thoughts with god's word so rebuke resist and what the third one is what replace praise god replace We've got to replace it. Replace it. So it says, whatever things are true, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good reports, what is of good report to you? Hallelujah. What do you see as a good report? A lot of times, um, we, we, we underestimate the power of reports. We underestimate the power of virtue, right? It's a lot of things of, of virtue. So if you're thinking of something that is, it might be true. But if it's not, if it doesn't carry praise, let me just read it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm trying to find my scripture. All right. It says, um, let, let me read the, uh, the, the New Giving Translation. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So something might be true, but is it lovely? Your thoughts must fulfill all these conditions, not some of these conditions. I'll say it again. Your thought life, if you're going to win the victory over fear, your thought life must what? Fulfill all these conditions, not some. So what do I mean? Something might be true, but it's not honorable. Something might be, um, might be, might be, um, Admirable, right? But if it's not worthy, admirable, but it's not right, it's not excellent. Make sure that your thoughts are surrounded by these things. They let them be the parameters of what you think about. If whatever you think about must be lovely, it must be worthy of praise, it must be a good report. These are the thoughts that must replace the thoughts of fear. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Um, number four. Number four. Prayer and thanksgiving. Prayer and thanksgiving. I read Philippians again, chapter four, verse six. It says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God." Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and submission. Listen, the energy we use to get worried, the energy and the time and the effort. People don't know that, you know, it consumes your time. Be fretful, worrying consumes your time. And so, that same time and energy you're spending being worried and anxious, convert that energy to prayer. <laughs> you're worried because, in a sense, you can't do anything about it, right? So why don't you now talk to the person that can do something about it? Does it make sense? I, I think it does. You're worried and anxious about the situation because you feel helpless. So instead of worrying about that situation, channel that energy and talk to the person that can do something and change that situation for good for you. And prayer is that means. Replace worry with prayer. Replace fear, anxiety with prayer. Praise God. You're worried about something. Don't spend time worrying about it. Pray. Talk to God about it. And look at what he said. He says, verse 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, meaning that, look, after you've spoken to God about it, there's a peace that God gives that guards your heart. That you can't, you can't explain it. You can't explain how you are calm and everything around you seems to be going upside down. You know, you can, I can explain it because why? You are calm because you spoke to God about it. You're not living now by sight, you're living by faith. You have spoken to the person that can do something about the situation. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So instead of worrying and being afraid, why don't you just pray and talk to God? If you can put the same energy, imagine you worry for like 30 minutes, right? Or you're, you're upset and angry and fretful for like 45 minutes. Imagine what 45 minutes of prayer would do for you. Just think about it. Ah, 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 look, you will generate so much power. You will generate so much anointing, so much miraculous energy. So don't worry. Pray. Hallelujah. Number five. Number five. Take action. Take action in the direction of what you desire. Take action. You see, if you've done all these other things, you can't just sit idle. You can't just sit idle. I, I spent time talking about that last week. But you must take action. You see, let me say this. We are not, we are spirit beings. Man is a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body. You are not just, you are not an emotion. You have, an, you have emotions, right? You have feelings. And we can't deny it. But you can't allow your feelings control you. So what am I saying? You can, you can feel the pressure of fear and still take action in faith. Glory to God. I'll say it again. You can feel the pressure of fear. You can see the circumstances upside down and the devil is bringing all kinds of thoughts to your mind. But you can still step out in faith. Oh, glory to God. One more time. You can feel the pressure of fear breathing down your neck, but you can step out and take an action in faith. Because you are not just a feeling. A feeling does not have to rule you. You can feel the pressure. You can feel it, but you can still take action in faith. Yeah, you can still take action in faith. You can take action in faith. I love what the dear man of God said. Faith works in the heart. You can have doubt in your head and faith in your heart and can still take your actions. 
Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Let me read a story in the Bible as we wrap this up, right? First Samuel chapter 17, verse 29. It's quite a long scripture. I'm going to cut through a few, but you can go back home and read it. Many of us know this story about David and Goliath, right? But I want to bring up something, a few points, so that we, we tie everything else we've heard today in this story. Now, what have I done? Now, um, first of all, 17, 29. Um, let me just give a, 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 a short summary. Um, the Philistines came against Israel, and their champion, Goliath, a giant, I think nine foot or so, came and he told the Israelites, they said, look, we don't all, all have to fight. Send me your best man. I will represent my country, right? Whoever wins, that's the end of the war. Whoever wins, the other people that, the other person that loses, the nation, the nation that he represents is going to side the other nation. Simple and, simple and short. And so, he came days and nights threatening Israel. But there was a young boy, a 17-year-old boy called David, 17. <laughs> Verse 29. Now, what have I done? Said David. Can't I speak? He don't turn the way to someone else and brought up the same matter. And the man answered him and said, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul. And Saul sent for him. Now, David had told people that, look, I'm going I'm to take this guy out. While every other person was afraid, I am going to take this guy out. Verse 32. <clears throat> and David said to Saul, let no one lose, lose heart. You see, when people are afraid, that's what happens. They lose heart. They lose heart. He said, no, let no one lose heart. On account of this Philistine, this Philistine, your servant will go out and fight him. A 17-year-old farmer boy, a shepherd. Saul replied, you are not able to go against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he, he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his shepherd's sheep. You know, and he explained his CV, right? What he had been doing and when he attacked, when the lion and the bear came against his father's sheep. And what happened? But look at what happened. I want to go to um, verse 41. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing, health and handsome, and he despised him. Verse 43. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come and me with sticks? And this is caused David by his God. Come here, he said, and I will give you flesh. I will give your flesh to the birds and the animal, wild animals. Now, listen to David's reply. Like I said, no matter what you feel, take action. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I will strike you down and cut off your wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Long and short story. Exactly what he said was what he did. The question I asked you was this same God, not the God of the soul and the other nation. Why were they afraid? And David, a 17-year-old, inexperienced soldier, young boy, fought someone that was experienced, stronger than him. He knew something. He, he refused to take in that fear. He knew something. He knew about his rights as an Israelite. And eventually, he stepped out. It's not enough to know. You have to take action. If David had known about the covenant and stayed just like his other brothers, we will not be talking about him today. Glory to God. And exactly what he said was going to do, he did because he stepped out, praise God. I want to encourage you today, as, as, as we close, don't allow fear stop you. Don't, no matter what we hear all over the world, there is a plan for you, God. Bible says the thoughts I have towards you, that's what the Lord said, the thoughts I have towards you are of good, not of evil, 
to give you a future hope and an expected end. To give you a future hope and an expected end. Look at what David said in Psalm 23 as we close. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I know we, I know, we know this psalm, but I just want us to, to just, just go over it again. It's a sign of someone that refuses to be afraid. Someone that is bold. Someone that stepped out knowing who, who the covenant he had with God. Look at what he said. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores. He leaves inside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake. Verse 4. He says, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Glory to God. Though I walk, though you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, fear no evil. Come on, fear no evil. Why are you fearing no evil? For you are with me. Glory to God. For you are with me. God is with you. God is for you. God is in you. Why will you fear no evil? God is in you. He's for you. He's with you. Bible says, if God be for us, if God be for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? Glory to God. Your Lord and your staff, they comfort me. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my adversaries. Glory to God. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of the adverse situations, I know, I know I can be successful. I know you can be successful. Praise God. For you prepare, the Lord has prepared a table before you. Are you going to just look at the adversaries or you're going to look at the table that the Lord has prepared? Glory to God. In the midst of the challenging situations, there is a table prepared for you. Hallelujah by the Lord. In the midst of those trials and challenges, the Lord has prepared a table for you. Take your eyes off the adversaries. Focus on the table that the Lord has prepared for you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm excited. Glory to God. Take your eyes off. Some of us are so focused on the adversaries. We are so focused on the challenges. We are so focused on the problems. And we have not seen the table that the Lord has prepared. The Lord has prepared the table before us. In the presence of our enemies, the Lord has anointed our head with oil. Our cup runs over. Glory to God. This is a man that went through challenges and trials. But he knew what to focus on. He knew what to focus on. He knew what to look on. He knew what to focus on. Set your gaze on the things that God has told you. Set your gaze on the things that God has prepared for you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Surely, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life. Oh, hallelujah. Goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy shall follow us. Hallelujah. That's our story, friends. That's how we're going to end up. We're going to end up with goodness and mercy. That's how the story ends. The story ends by we winning. Not being afraid. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear them. I love what Joshua and Caleb said. He said, these gents are talking about their bread for us. Their bread. Those Chinese are bread for you. Don't take in fear. Those problems are bread for you. Take it. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Bible says, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. The whole world. This is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith. Hallelujah. Say these things to yourself. Replace that fear. Replace it with God's word. Replace it with thoughts of good. Replace it with who you are in Christ Jesus. Replace it. Philippians says that our faith will become effectual by the acknowledgement of every good thing that has given us. Don't focus on your being disadvantage. No. Focus on every good thing that has given you. Glory to God. Our time is fast spent. I hope you learned something today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Next month, we're going to study on the last, we're going to be looking at other things in the Bible. Like I said, this is a Bible study, right? So, Bible study, what do we do? We study the Bible. We just don't preach or teach, but we go through scriptures. Praise God. Um, it's important that we study our Bible. Maybe one day, I'm going to do a series on reading your Bible, the, the benefits of reading your Bible every day. Praise God. Uh, I'd like to invite someone else to join us. Praise God. Or refer someone to the um, teaching on Facebook, um, on every other channel that we are on. Praise God. God bless you. Um, let, as, as we leave, let me just say this to you. 
that fear has no right to stop you anymore. And I pray to God that the spirit of boldness, the spirit of power will rest upon you. And every challenge that's in front of you will go flat in front of you. God bless you. I'll see you in this same time, 8 p.m. Pacific time next week Saturday. Amen. God bless you. Bye. Thank you once again for joining us here at Kingswoods International Church. We hope you've been richly blessed by this teaching from Kingswoods International Church, British Columbia. Feel free to visit our website at kingswoodbritishcolumbia.com. That is kingswoodbritishcolumbia.com for more teachings.